hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast uh, where we review episodes of Star Trek. Currently, we're working our way through the newest season of Lower Decks. Uh, right now, we've got Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 3 coming up, and that episode is called Mining the Minds Minds. <laughs> which is an excellent uh, episode title. <laughs> we will also be reviewing uh, an episode of Classic Trek from The Next Generation, Tapestry from The Next Generation, which I believe is from season six. I do forget the episode number, but it's an excellent one. And when Michael Henley comes to tell us about it, I'm sure he can tell us which number episode that is. Uh, <laughs> Looking it up right now. <laughs> speaking of uh, Michael Henley, he's one of our one fabulous panelists. So we've got Michael Henley here. Hello, hello. We've got Janium. Hi. Oh, yes. oh dear. Right creepy down ah. my spine. Ah. And we've got Carrie Coleman Henners currently coughing. <laughs> I was trying to do a bit, but I just started coughing. I like that it's a bit of alliteration. Carrie Coleman currently coughing. Uh, we have to, we have to, to remove nice. the Mary game for that one to work, but well, yeah, Scott's fine true. with that. I'm sure. Fine with it. Sure, he wouldn't mind. Chris, newcomer, diving in. <laughs> diving right. Listen, I spent a lot of time with her husband this weekend, so I feel yeah. like I'm extra. I'm so you're the too. one trying to take away. That's what. Yeah, that's why. Thing. Yeah, that's why we talk about him a lot on this podcast because he's yeah, close I'm, to I'm many in, of our hearts. I'm in dual relationships with two people with the, in the, in, with that marriage couple. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's lovely. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. uh, but so, Carrie, how 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 you doing? <clears throat> oh, I'm doing great. Would you guys like to hear my review of um, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing this is not going to be a recommendation. No, no, no. It's a. Re- I mean, you know, watch it if you want to watch it. If I mean, I. You know, Mar- Marvel movies, like because like I just enjoy all the Marvel movies, whether they're good or bad. But that doesn't mean I'm out there like recommending all the Marvel sure. movies. Like sure. you have to watch yeah. this. This is the best movie. They're right. really just very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would uh, use this podcast as a platform to just say reviews of other random things that I've watched. So uh, I watched. I just watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Because it came out on Disney Plus. And um, here's my review. It is silly. It is fun. But is it too fun? Is it? I think it might be too fun. Yeah. Because I think that I think that there needs to be a little bit more seriousness to balance out the fun. You got to earn the fun. I think I, I think that the fun needed to be earned. And it was just like started out being goofy, goofy, goofy. And the fun, and it was like really fun, goofy stuff, but I kind of wanted like at least one person, at least Thor, who's becoming, that Chris Hemsworth is just becoming kind of just like, he's just like doing a caricature of himself doing Thor. Sure, sure. So I thought Mm. if he was the only one serious and uh, everything else was goofy around him, it might have it might have balanced it out a little bit more. It was also confusing to me, the, um, not spoilers alert, spoiler on this, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. got, you know, Natalie Portman's character, she's got cancer, but she's also yeah. a Thor. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of levels there that I was like, I yeah. don't think you really, you really like thought this through how this, I don't know. It, it just, it didn't, yeah. it didn't quite jive for sure. me. Um, sure. 
Yeah, it just it just needed a little bit more gravitas, I feel. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But I, I like the uh, the guy who played. Yeah, yeah I got a I got a mouthwash for that for gravitas. The the, yeah, uh, I, the I had the... gravitas when I was twelve. It was, it was like oh, a couple months. I'm sorry. It was hormones, really. It's... Yeah. Um, Change gravitas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. That's all I'd say is my review. So for, for Carrie's How You Doing, she reviewed Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> Let us just remark on that. Wonderful. So Jane Nim, how are you doing? Do you have any reviews or any personal expressions oh, wow. uh, you'd like to provide? Um, don't let the perfect. Don't let the, don't per let the perfect. Don't let the perfect. Don't, just don't let, let it. Perfect. Don't, don't ever. Don't even let it be anything. All right. Don't let the perfect hmm. be. Well, deny its uh, existence. Kill, it does. Kill, it does very little okay. for your life. Kill so your deny, darling. Deny kill perfectionism. I, I, yeah. I'm getting that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for a uh, an inscrutable piece of wisdom <laughs> for your. <laughs> Why are you trying to screw my piece of wisdom, Chris? <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey. We had that talk. I, in, I, I stopped. It's inscrutable. Okay. <laughs> get it? Because it's inscrutable. Inscrutable. Yeah. It was a pun. It was a pun. Mm. Uh, well, Michael Henley, how are you doing? And you uh, you can choose to uh, go. The, the two routes we've had today are review and absurd. And you may choose your own uh, route as well. I'm doing great because I just plugged in my microphone. I didn't realize it was plugged in uh, for the past five minutes. So um, I'm doing much better now. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm good. I don't really have any, like reviews except to say that like um on uh friday i got my uh my new covid booster um so oh. i spent a lot of saturday basically just going like i don't feel terrible yeah. but i don't feel great um and now i'm fully out of it basically but it was kind of a lazy do nothing weekend where i just basically just liked watch a lot of old movies from like my childhood like robin hood prince of thieves Nice. Great movie. Also might be terrible, but it doesn't matter. I still like it. Um, <laughs> did watch the first couple episodes of the new Lord of the Rings show, with though, which I'm really enjoying a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Ditto. I also got my COVID booster. I got the flu shot as well, but I did it on Saturday, forgetting that I had an improv show Saturday uh, night. Oh, no. And I was Ooh. like, I was like, wow, well, this is going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up, it ended up being fine. It ended up, okay. we, we okay. time. but I, I, I did feel a little, lot more sluggish than I normally do before. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I've also had COVID twice. So I feel like maybe, well, yeah. yeah, that's, you know, yeah. oh, no. you can't, you can't take this old bison down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that does segue into how my weekend was, which nobody asked and nobody ever does. And that's okay because oh I, oh my uh, God, we ask you so often <laughs> and plus you like talk through it yeah you know? exactly you have to take <laughs> yeah. a chance on us chris you can't just oh, talk I don't, over if us i give you room you'll of... if i give you room you'll actually do it and then i can't play the martyr and you know i love to be a damn <laughs> martyr <laughs> um <laughs> so anyway <laughs> this martyr's weekend was this wonderful martyrs well <laughs> 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 i went to the renaissance fair and i fell on every sword and sight <laughs> Yes, I said, I said, no, I, um, I said. we, uh, yeah, we had a great improv show in Ambler with Thank You Places by a musical theater improv team, kind of our last show on the books for a while. So it was nice to, to be on the stage with Carrie's husband, as I often am, uh, which was a good time. Uh, and I was telling the, uh, this wonderful panel earlier that someone in the audience, when I was getting the get, 
um, yelled out orgasm as a suggestion for a musical. And then we did a musical where everyone was just orgasming the whole time because you gotta say yes and, right? No, I said no to that suggestion. And we took a different one. And someone said, uh, suffer no fools because we asked for a piece of advice. And we did a a really weird musical about where, where it was a Sweeney Todd style musical where somebody basically mastered and defeated death and we had to bring death back because life has no meaning without death. You know, typical oh, musical. Wow. Um, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> That's kind of beautiful, actually. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of bad emo kind of way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. good. I was kind of like the Toby, the young, you know, you know, that character from Sweeney Todd. Um, and then I saw Tenacious D last night at the Man Music Center. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Which was a lot of fun. And uh we were pulling up there um, and the guy parking us, he was like, it's the first time seeing the D, you excited? I was like, no, I saw them 20 years ago at the Roseland Ballroom uh, against my will, brought by my straight friends, but I had a good time and it became a fan at the age of 19 so that at 39, I might pay for a ticket myself. Um, and by 39, really- I'm at 29. I'm kidding, 29, 29. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really said this is your first time seeing the D? Yeah. Well, he assumed he looked, at me and my, he, looked, he looked at me and my boyfriend and said that, which is hilarious. There's many, many layers uh, to that. Yeah, it's, 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 like, D, uh, like a notably what? like straight piece of culture? I didn't realize that. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I wouldn't say they're super... I, I mean, they were they're coded friendly. very much in either direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're just like, yeah. they're coded in like, in like, like, like I feel teen like bringing... rock humor, Dio yeah. metal yeah. kind of, yeah. Like but also they're such... like Sorry. older now, so they're yeah, they're all like in their fifties. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I feel like you're trying to do like a critical reading of Tenacious D in terms of <laughs> sexuality. Like you're doing it all wrong. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, listen, I was you know I wasn't sure what kind of crowd would be there. It's never it's never the Tenacious D I'm worried about. It's like you know who's into this and who's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like you know a bunch of you know uh, uh, dudes who who have like semi high voices who wanted to sing along with Jack Black and I, I can relate to that. Um, he did have a moment where Jack where Jack Black because they have a song called the metal because like the metal is what saves everything. You know they're they're mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and like he's like what's the best kind of rock? Does anybody know? And my sweet boyfriend goes folk. <laughs> Aww. 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 so cute he's an angel he's a sweet one wow. what a he was he, he was really hoping for a stevie nicks cover band but instead we saw tenacious d so Aww. there you go and that's how i'm doing um <laughs> so <laughs> we can uh move along i i mean really there's been a lot of trek in the news because they just had star trek day on thursday where they mm-hmm. did a lot of announcements yeah. and they showed a lot of um mm-hmm. different previews of some shows that are coming up we know we've now got um, a new season of Picard coming in 2023, new season of Discovery coming very soon, I think in the fall. Um, so a lot of fun oh, stuff to look soon. forward that's to. Soon? Oh, that's really? that's soon? soon? Or the fall, yeah, or the, fall? The, fall or winter maybe, but I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not super far away. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And then it was funny because I was watching the live stream and the queen had just died. And right after the queen died, they go to the open life. And the first person they interview is Sir Patrick Stewart. And um, they're like, so Aww. Sir Patrick, how do you feel about the the queen? It was very like <laughs> crazy, like, whoa. I yeah. mean, that's how you know it was really live because that had really just happened. But oh. did anybody else catch any Star Trek day? Uh, I did not I, catch any of the, no. I saw, me, like I saw the trailers. I saw some of the uh, memes on the Star Trek shitposting Facebook group. <laughs> any any gems you, you you think we we might enjoy or oh there was a whole a whole thing about how um 
about how Damar would order two hot dogs and a bowl of chili and then take a giant dump. And that was a really good recurring theme. <laughs> 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 it was excellent. It kept on coming up in all these different formats. I didn't I had a good even time. get it. I don't get it either, but I, I did laugh. It's 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 like one of those. I mean, that's the great thing about shit posting is like it's just one of those things that becomes like it starts as like an offhand thing that somebody says, and all of a sudden people yeah. like start building on it as if it's actually a joke, and then it becomes yeah. a joke because they keep yeah. building on it. It's like one of those weird things, but yeah, um, a lot of that Demar shit basically, like literally, is a uh, in in the Star Trek literally. shit posting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, good times. Shitting on Demar. Mm-hmm. It was it was funny because um, they also had um, Reggie Watts was doing like interstitials in between like getting cast members on, on stage, oh. and I guess um, and he was like doing like fun fun uh, sounds and whatever and like it was very funny and a little absurd. But Reggie I guess Watts in one of those stuff. blackouts, um, uh, Paul F. Tompkins was getting on stage and then he was going to greet someone and he basically accidentally slapped Patrick Stewart. In the face. No, no. Because <laughs> then they were talking later about like, what's one of your favorite Star Trek moments? He's like, well, I'll tell you one of my least favorite moments is when I just accidentally slapped Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, in the face oh. on stage. So Patrick Stewart got slapped on stage, learned that the Queen died, and got by, asked by an interview, "What do you interviewer? What do you think about the Queen dying?" Yeah, All in like the space, like wow. bad day. It's a bad hour, day. Yeah. yeah, tough day for Pat Stu. Yeah, I would say oh, not, a, not an ideal day. But you know, he's a professional and mm -hmm. he was selling the hell out of Star Trek Picard season three, where basically he was saying, we do, we're doing what we do best, getting the crew back together to save someone. It was very, <laughs> it was, it was, it sounded great. I'm excited. I, I have been, I have been seeing the, the, the queen um, dubbing Sir Patrick Stewart with a Batliff meme around again. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, oh, that's resurfaced. <laughs> that's resurfaced after a while. And, and the day well, she is the third, um, the third, um, she's Larsa Bator and Elizabeth, right? Those are the, the three oh. Klingon sisters that we know. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> would, would any of you, oh, sorry, yeah, would any of you say that what Star Trek does well is getting the gang back together so they can go save someone? <laughs> they do I, a lot. I mean, I was paraphrasing really? here, I wouldn't say that oh, that's okay. the. I would say once once a feel like series, that's another franchise. Once a series has ended, it does become that. <laughs> I mean, don't yeah. you think once a series ends and they move to a movie place or a post series yeah. place? The yeah. beginning of the movie become... is always trying to get the gang back together. So yeah. Like, <laughs> explain explain why Worf's there. And she's like, Aren't yeah. you on Deep Space Nine? <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. When you when you said Pat Stu said that, I suddenly like envisioned a casino heist movie. Yeah. Instead of Star Trek. I was like, but he's done a couple of casino type heists on Picard, the newest, you know. That's, yeah, that's true. that's true. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, this struck uh, me as a bit thought. odd. Food for thought. <laughs> Food for thought. All right. <laughs> well, on uh, on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe this this episode of Lower Decks that we watched so we can we can uh, uh get to talking about it. Um let me pull that up. Hold on, where's my mouse? There it is. Hey mouse, what's up? Hey okay. Hey oh. What's up? It's your mouse. Hey, hey. Oh, hi, mouse. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once again, this is uh, Lower Decks, season three, episode three, mining the mines, mines. <clears throat> um, the Cerritos is sent to a remote planet to clear out and relocate a Federation outpost after scientists exploring the strange new world were petrified by green energy emitted by psychic mines that took on different forms to lure them in. Uh, the Cerritos is joined by the USS Carlsbad with the landing party tasked with disposing of the mines. 
Um, as Lieutenant Commander Stevens leads some of the Cerritos crew on the surface to meet up with the Carlsbad's landing party, um, uh, uh, Tendi undergoes science officer training back on the ship. Uh, Beckett Mariner and Sam Rutherford uh, and Brad Boimler are shocked to learn that they and the Cerritos have dubious reputation among the Carlsbad junior officers for their antics. And this fuels a sense of competition between the two landing parties while they dispose of the mines, doing their best to ignore the tempting hallucinations that the mines generate. Um, through these hallucinations, Boimler Rutherford learned that Mariner is seeing Ensign Jennifer Shurayan, uh, much to Mariner's visible embarrassment, um, as details about her personal life are more than she had anticipated sharing. When Stevens admonishes his landing party for rushing through their work, he accidentally breaks the stored psychic minds, resulting in both crew's nightmares becoming lethally tangible. Um, my favorite of which I think was the Borg snake. I think that's <laughs> truly terrifying. Taking cover in a nearby cave, the Carlsbad crew admits that the Cerritos is legendary among Starfleet support vessels for their exploits, despite their less prestigious designation. Uh, now working together, the combined crews venture deeper into the cave, when they realize the psychic minds are directing uh, acquired telepathic information towards a mysterious source inside. Uh, the landing party discovers that the aforementioned scientists are working with the locals to store all sensitive information from the psychic minds using Federation technology, uh, which Tendi confirms with her own analysis back on Cerritos, Cerritos uh, as she's been sent to uh, help out with those proceedings. Uh, by her uh, new mentor, who is that uh, <laughs> that psychologist bird played Dr. by Dr. Migliamo? Yeah, that one, that guy. Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins, <laughs> I think. Paul F. Tompkins, yep. indeed. That's yeah. his name in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Paul F. Tompkins is the name of the character in the show. Obviously, no, no. <laughs> after facing intense interrogation from Captain Carol Freeman, the conflict between the Federation scientists and locals is exposed as a ruse to lure Starfleet to the planet so that the information obtained from their psychic minds could be sold on the black market. That's not right. Um, it's not Carol Freeman who uncovers it. Oh, well, it's... Uh, it's Tendi. It's Tendi, yes. Mm -hmm. And the and Beckett, um, and Beckett Mariner. Right. Yeah, sorry. Having <laughs> sorry. squashed this operation, you're doing great. Uh, the, the crews of the Cerritos and Carlsbad uh, celebrate their surprise achievement together in the Cerritos Lounge. So yes, as as um, Jay pointed out, I think yeah, it was Tendi who certainly <laughs> discovered it. Um. <laughs> I feel bad that I've sat here in silence this whole time, only to go, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we get we get the facts right. Uh, any highs and lows in this episode? How do we feel about it? I enjoyed this. They're really, really good fun. Lots of great jokes. Um, I loved. I loved that, uh, like the little references, like um, we see an appearance from Leah Brahms, who was the oh, yeah. uh, holodeck, uh, you know, woman slash co-designer of the Enterprise that Jordy developed a crush on, and they got they got super crushed and discover that like the real thing acted differently. Oh, the nerve! Um, and uh, I love the fact that uh, if you look at the credits, actually, it was the same uh, actress uh, Susan Gibney who got brought back to play Leah Brown. I love that they do that. I love that yeah. they do that so much. And they did the um, same in the last episode, bringing back uh, J.D. Wensler. I think it was his name as Martok. Yep. Yep. Um, no, just just a really enjoyable episode. Mm -hmm. No, agreed. And I think I think it's fun to see too. Um, that, you know, what they discovered themselves, that they're like, they think they're all they're down in their luck, but really amongst the people, the, the crews mm -hmm. who do what they do, they are, you know, they're, they're famous for their, for their exploits. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the lower decks saved the day on this episode a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know that they often save the day. So this was a fun mm. episode for them. <laughs> or if they do, I just am not remembering it. I think I think Leah Brahms was one of my favorite parts because she was the most like, oh my God, that's so funny. I remember that uh, reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, also- I just, re- yeah, continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I I think it's really cool, too, that, you know, this is an episode that uh, a lot of Lower Decks plots are about kind of the four core characters kind of being at odds with one another, either, you know, subtly or bigly or whatever. Bigly? I just said bigly. Bigly. um, How dare you? Oh, my God. Um, But um, by putting them down on the planet and pairing them, like, with another crew, like, they're kind of one-to-one, you know? Um, It kind of gives all of them a chance to kind of actually kind of support each other and still, like, you know, like like tease each other and give each other shit, but like still kind of like support each other, you know, in a, in a way, which I think is really, really cool thing to see on this show. Yeah. Because you know what? A noble, a noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. It's, mm-hmm. and that's, <laughs> that's a perfectly cromulent sentiment. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. We are also a half a Simpsons podcast. It turns out uh-uh. as well. Um, yeah. I like that too. And I, I like, I like too that that guy, that guy, um, who is their their commanding officer on, on on the planet? Who also is like in love with um, the uh, first officer? Who's like he's always yeah. like he's always like getting yeah. the worst end of the deal. He's like his arms are breaking yeah. off and he's frozen. Mm-hmm. He's like it's really yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand how he could come back, but whatever. It's a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, I mean, other characters have literally Sorry. died, and they're like, well, you know how the the. Uh... That's right. I remember <laughs> right. that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh! True. What episode that they did that? Not to get distracted, but I still love that, that there was an episode, you know, like that someone died in season one and there was an episode last year where they come back and they make a point of not really explaining how it happened. Don't ask them about it. I love that so much. Yeah. Oh, it was the, it was the security. It was the security. Yeah. The Jacks, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went, I was going to say, I looked up the Easter eggs because I always do. And Mm -hmm. apparently that big uh, bird that chases uh <gasps> him it is a reference to uh, uh the star trek the animated series which i haven't really watched all of oh. and mm. so yeah they're even throwing in references from the animated series so he, wow. yeah he's um there's an episode where they um ba- they basically do the it's the thor thing you know where like they meet right. aliens who like visited earth and you know posed as gods like centuries ago yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and so it's uh kukulkan who is the Kukulkan, uh, Kukul- 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 yes Kukul- who is the um aztec mayan mayan, mayan. mayan i think um this uh, is bird deeper serpent. in the rabbit hole than i've gone <laughs> yeah. yeah wow Kukukan is cool because he's got this body of a snake in the mouth of a predator bird. It's really cool. Yeah. Cool design. Like it. <laughs> Mayans cool, knew what they cool were doing. They, the the they knew what they were doing. Come up with a mythology. They were like, ah, yeah. snake body. No, it's not enough. Snake body with a serpent head. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, already got a serpent, but like it's got bird, you know, wings. And I go, oh, I love it. I love it. The showrunner of, of the Mayans did a really good job. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mayans had some really good PR back in the day, so we're still yeah. talking about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the silicon-based life forms is fun. I don't, I, I can't point to a specific episode because I feel like there's been several references about this where you're on a planet you don't, you think it's uninhabited because you're not, you're not uh, 
registering any life forms carbon because based, they're, yeah. they're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not carbon based they're silicon based so and I'm, I'm sure that's happened in several episodes in several series i think yeah i think the original episode um the devil in the dark which is about like the uh the the miners who are being attacked by like the little rock carpet monster thing i think he's a silicon based life forms which is why they don't clock him as a a life form right away Mm -hmm. and everyone's favorite silicon being uh oh wait no that's not what that referred that's just the name of the The, episode the crystalline crystalline Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's not silicon Data is a silicon is avatar. Data, data is the silicon avatar. Yes. Right, 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 right. right. Yes. I always got yes, that confused. Yes. It's data that is. So there's an episode where the crystalline entity which destroyed the um, outpost where data was found right. basically comes back. But uh, data is the, uh, they named the episode for, for data, data the silicon avatar. But for some reason, I always just associate the, the crystalline well, entity with that. I think you're supposed to. Interesting. Because I also did the same thing. But data is like an avatar for all of the the memories of all the um the dead people yes. from the outpost from that lady who was like who destroyed the avatar of the uh, the whatever she she was I love that episode was, with that lady she's like yeah turning up the frequency <laughs> and the crystal there's just a crystal menacingly shaking I outside never, you know what I never really understood what the crystalline entity was it's an entity that's made of crystallines that's yeah. it totally. yeah. okay. That's and it's fine. not clear how it destroyed an entire colony. To no, me. it isn't. No, yeah. And that's the episode two where, like, isn't didn't Riker have like a love interest that like it gets introduced for like one second just before she dies? Yep. <laughs> oh. Yep. Wow. He's like, yep. I'll bring wine to your to your you know, and then suddenly she's just gone. It's, it's, yep. Um, yep. And I you know Riker, you know Riker was just thinking, just like, we did that out of order. She's supposed to die after we after have sex. we have sex. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We could do it now, but it's just weird. It's just weird. Not really. I think, I think there's truly nothing left. because yeah, yeah. I um, think the crystalline entity shows up in the opening of Lower Decks. They're going through it? all these. Ah. They're, they're like crashing through all these. The ship is crashing all around. And I think mm. one thing that it's getting in trouble with is a crystalline entity. I have, I to, look that. That. I have to look at that again. Yeah. Any other Easter eggs or things that stood out for y'all for this this wonderful episode of Lower Decks? Mm. Great. Well, then maybe Michael Henley, can you tell us about oh. yeah the Next Generation classic episode, um, Darmok? I'm kidding. Uh, tapestry. <laughs> I can talk about Darmok too. Know you but could. To... could you? But you know, that would be the greatest. That would be the greatest. But it would all be in metaphors that no one would understand. Um, <laughs> no, this. This is uh, this is Tapestry, which is, which is season six, episode 15. I looked it up. Uh, uh, written by Ronald D. Moore, uh, directed by uh, Les Landau. Um, uh, we'll get back to Ronald D. Moore in a second because I, I love him as a as Trek writer, and I think this is one of his best episodes. I this, So this is the story of Captain Picard is on an away mission. He gets hit by a hostile energy with a... Um, uh, a plasma beam. He's beamed up to sick, sick bay. That's how the episode begins. Picard is in trouble. He's in cardiac arrest. And Picard, this has been previously established in Star Trek lore, has an artificial heart. He mm-hmm. lost it in a bar fight with a gang of Nausicans. This was established all the way back in season two. Uh, there's an episode where he and Wesley have a long shuttlecraft ride, and Wesley is 
saying, what, what am I going to talk to Captain Picard about for six or seven hours? Um, and then at some point they have sandwiches and Picard tells this story about, you know, his past and how he was kind of like a, uh, you know, a rebellious, you know, kind of spirited, fiery youth. And, uh, you know, this, uh, th- this interaction kind of uh, changed his ways. So, but I left him with an artificial heart, which is now uh, failing, and he dies in the on the, in the sick bay bed, and then he goes to a huge white space, and Q is there, and then Q says, uh, "Welcome to the afterlife, Jean Luc. You're dead," and that's how the episode begins, which I think is an amazing hook for an episode. Honestly, like, oh, tell yeah. me you're not sitting down and watch the rest of that. Um, and this is my favorite mode of Q, who is he's not like a comedian, he's not like a prankster. He is a quietly sort of menacing, but very uh, pointed uh, weapon that's kind of poking and prodding our, 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 our characters. In this case, singularly Captain Picard. Um, he goes through a little afterlife spiel of, you know, we're going to listen to all the voices uh, who have been killed by your actions over the over the, the past years. I'm going to show you a vision of your father who is about to tell you how what a disappointment you are, even in death, um, which is pretty cruel, honestly. Um, and uh, let's also talk about how you died, which is this artificial heart. Um, and Picard is obstinate at first saying, um, you know, this can't i he he he's in denial about what's happening um and he says i i i do not accept that this is uh that 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 you are god i do not accept what's going on and when q prods him in at first he just says uh my only regret is dying and finding you here um and uh but he kind of lets his guard down ever so slightly and then just starts to think about his past and actually does say that he starts to accept what's going on with him and says you know I, I do have regrets, and if you know, if I had my chance, I would go back and maybe do things a little bit differently. And then he's dropped, kind of quantum leap style, where he's inhabiting his body, but you know, and we see him as Patrick Stewart, but everyone else sees him as young Captain Picard. He's dropped into um, the last couple weeks after graduation, where they're still waiting for their assignments. Him and a couple of his friends—they're at a star base. Um, and it's going to be an important couple days in his life where this is right before he's going to have his uh, altercation with the Noskins, where his life is going to get spin off in an entirely new direction. And Q appears and basically goads him into you can go make a change. And Picard gradually accepts this. And the Picard of, you know, young Picard is way, way different. He's not just a ladies man. He's, you know, kind of a serial dater, basically. Um, and he's uh, very loyal to his friends. And Picard starts to make choices uh, that are very much informed by his wisdom and seasoning and, you know, how he knows things are going to go. And that's when things start to go wrong, actually, because everything that seems like a prudent choice ultimately just doesn't really work out in his favor and just kind of creates this escalating series of events that ultimately causes him to alienate his two best friends. Um, he does avoid getting stabbed through the heart, um, but he makes the people around him kind of miserable or at the very least convinced he's not the same person anymore. And and then he gets whisked back to the present day, which is an altered future where he is a lowly junior grade lieutenant <laughs> um, doing a menial job with no 
command track and not only that he's told bluntly by Riker and Troy and 10 forward that you know the uh, the very idea of that is just not unrealistic <laughs> because of his personality um mm-hmm. and um you know and and uh he's sobered by this and uh Q appears to him again and uh yeah and and basically gives him a great speech that kind of sums up the themes of the episode in a big way where he says that because Picard chose to chose the more that chose the safer path, you know, he made a point early on of saying just like, I wish I had been less like you, you being Q, um, you know, because of that, he never had a brush with death. He never realized how fragile life is, how important each moment is. And so he drifted throughout his career. His career never came into focus. He never took. He never saw opportunities. He never seized opportunities, and because of that, he never got noticed, and he went nowhere, um, which is very, very bleak. And Picard uh, apologizes to Q and pleads with him to bring his life back. Um, and uh, there's a you know, and and Q says, um, and so that's what you want to do. You want to die on the operating table. And Picard says, I would rather die as the man I was than live the life I just saw. And then he's brought back and actually he survives. He survives. Um, and, uh, probably through the intervention of Q and Picard is, um, telling the story later to Riker. And he has this great line where he just says, this episode's full of great lines. I love it. Um, you know, there are many parts of my life, you know, these unkempt little, uh, you know, parts of my life. They're like, my life is like a tapestry and there are these, all these loose threads. But when I pulled on one of those led, threads, I unraveled the tapestry of my life. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just, I, and, and that's the episode. And I love this episode so much because I think that um, the episode, you know, uh, the, uh, the DVD that I have, it's, it actually has an audio commentary with Ronald D. Moore, who I think is an amazing writer, and he wrote for Next Gen for several years, executive produced and wrote Deep Space Nine for several years. He produced Battlestar Galactica. He produces Outlander. He produces uh, For All Mankind on Apple TV, which is a great show. So good. And, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, so, and, uh, he talks about how the conception of this episode was really very different. Uh, originally it was going to be, it's a kind of, was kind of a riff on a Christmas carol where Picard is like whisked away to different, several different periods in his life. Um, and, uh, this one focuses on one period of his life and it actually kind of goes in a different direction, but it's still kind of Christmassy because it's kind of has a, has more than a little bit of it's a wonderful life in it. Um, with one notable difference i think that kind of makes the episode for me um because it's a wonderful life as much as i i love that movie um you know um but it's a wonderful life is also a time travel movie or at least it's an alternate you know universe Mm -hmm. an alternate timeline movie and it's about how the other people around you and how much you influence them um and how that influence is missed if you were to remove yourself from that equation and so it's 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 this and it's this you know great message about how um you know uh, while you were busy thinking, while you were busy, you know, you know, worrying about yourself, you were actually doing a lot to help other people, and it would be selfish to remove that help, kind of in a way. Or you know, you're right. They didn't make it so that the card had any effect on the people around him in this episode. You're right. I didn't yeah. think of that. This one is very focused on Picard, and this is much more about the idea of both. Both stories are about regrets. It's about characters who are who just build up a a, de- a lifetime worth of regrets. Uh, but Picard's regrets, because they focus strictly on Picard, and he is the only one who changes in this timeline, it becomes much more a pointed take on 
um, how your mistakes throughout your life, you can feel however you want about them, but you mm-hmm. have to reckon with the fact that you are who you are because of them. And actually, it's funny, Carrie, I wasn't thinking about this when I selected this episode, but I was thinking after it, how very similar this episode kind of is in a way to The Enemy Within, the episode that you picked uh, a couple weeks ago. Because both episodes are about this idea of like, look, the things that you hate about yourself are part of what makes you. So you can't run away from them and you have to embrace them. You have to embrace the the imperfection. Um, And that, you know, everything that you've done is are these accumulating little moments that have led you to this place. Um, so you can look back and just say, that was a mistake. I could have done things differently. But not only is that pointless, but that is self-defeating because you know, you're talking about the choices that make you person A versus person B, who could right. be wildly different right. people. Um, I thought about that a lot myself, like my own life. I'm like, oh, I've done a lot of stupid things. But looking back on it, like, I'm not going to, I wouldn't change anything. I don't think I could have done anything differently. And besides, if I did, I wouldn't have all of the, the good things in my life that I have now, because making those bad decisions led to me learning, like I learned and I changed Mm -hmm. and I, and I grew. So I got, I got to this place. So I have thought about that. That's interesting. I can, now I see why you enjoy this episode so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's another really important deviation from um, "It's a Wonderful." Is it? Is it? Is it? It's a wonderful life, or it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, where in "It's a Wonderful Life," the purpose of the alternate reality is to give Jimmy Stewart. Um, it is Jimmy Stewart, right? Yeah, yeah. To give Jimmy Stewart inspiration to like keep living and mm-hmm. to live without mm-hmm. despair. But in this episode, it's to give Picard the confidence to die without regrets. And it's to accept yeah. death rather than to to and so yeah. there's this like interesting morbid yeah. twist on it, right? Where it's not mm-hmm. just like because it's a wonderful like if you look at it's a wonderful life objectively, like yeah, of course if you have those two options, you're gonna choose to like have like a better life and live it. <laughs> like how could you not choose that? Yeah, but, so mm-hmm. I I yeah I think so. I agree. I thought that. Now that you we're talking about this, I'm glad they didn't really bring up how other people's lives around him because then I yeah. think it would have ruined mm-hmm. the narrative or the story that they were trying to tell. Well, not only that, they they make a point. Q has a lot as you know, Picard is fretting about this. And and Q basically just says, Okay, fine, for the purpose of this exercise, you know, you're not gonna cause, you know, supernovas, you're not gonna cause this, you're not gonna do that. Everything's gonna be the same except for you. You know, like one, you're not that yeah. important. Two um you know this is i'm 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 doing this for you not for other people you know don't Um, worry nothing that's that's also within the same breath that he explained away the reason that um uh 50 year old john luke picard is playing (laughs) his 21 year old (laughs) self (laughs) which is the only moment i love this whole episode the only moments that gave me pause were the you know romantic scenes between this like much older actors yes yeah i didn't love that part everything else Mm -hmm. is fantastic Mm-hmm. Well, his real wife is like 30 years younger than him. So he's yeah, that's not. True. So, so <laughs> okay. Patrick Stewart had no problem with this. I don't know. But like <laughs> and it's her. They got married after that Well, that's like Doctor Who. He's married to the yeah. a girl who played his daughter on, a woman who played his daughter on, uh, I mean, this is David Tennant married a woman who played his daughter in oh. an episode. Who's Wait, also what? the daughter of yeah. an actual doctor. 
Who oh, was it's cute. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, okay. Oh. Uh, this, is, this is coming back to me now. Huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, I was going to say about this episode that I was a little bit like annoyed about how at the end of the episode he was so mad about the life that he was living and i'm like mm. he's just like a normal guy he's not like yeah but not good enough for Jean-Luc. <laughs> you don't know like you could be having you could be like having good maybe you have maybe you're better at relationships in this yeah. version yeah. of the sure. story so i mean i just thought it was i mean it didn't change my the my opinion on the story it just was like oh, it wasn't that bad but it's well, funny to think sorry. about, you know, you see him in a different light and suddenly he looks mm-hmm. the height that he is. When he is the captain and he's in his red mm-hmm. outfit, he seems as, just as tall as anybody else in the room. I don't yeah. think about how short he is. Or maybe they were, they were. Um, yeah, they filmed him differently. The filmed Tom him differently. treatment, yeah. But it really, it really <laughs> uh-huh. felt very like, who's the small middle management, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, man who's 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 not, not quite achieved his goals, who's bothering uh, Riker and Troy as they just try to have uh, a pleasant dinner and ten forward. Just yeah, fascinating. that that was a painful like you like I don't know maybe objectively his life is like better in other ways but the scene that made me feel Picard's pain is him yeah. asking for feedback from Riker and Troy and even when they compliment him it hurts like yeah. the compliments they say just feel like stabs. <laughs> They're so bland. Yeah, They're so bland. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Troy doesn't I even want to talk fail. about it. She's like maybe we shouldn't talk about this she's like let's schedule a time Uh, somewhere else yeah Mm -hmm. it's just you're ruining my chocolate (laughs) could you could you really imagine him living out that life and maybe finding some like other things to appreciate in it after his like previous best friends give him like bland compliments and then a searing criticism yeah Yeah. i couldn't oh my god i couldn't i I think it would have been funny though if they cut back to the present and he had hair that would have been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, you oh, know, I, that's I, funny. I, I, Carrie, I, I was thinking about what you said about, um, you know, him kind of, you know, and, and in the end, in the turbo lift, he says, says, you know, I'm a, a, a dreary man in a pathetic job or something like that. And I, I think you have a, yeah, you, you have a point. Um, one thing I will say though is that I like that. For me, that feel it plays less like a judgment on like this imaginary person, this alternate Picard, and it plays more just like this is not who I was meant to be. You know, like mm-hmm. some people are meant for some people are meant for the kind of role that he's he, that he's in there, and that's yeah. not that's not a that's not a knock on just like well, you know, you need the little people to make the big people feel big. It, it's not it's nothing like that. It's just like some people are happy that way and then some people are just pained by you know uh by you know re- regrets basically that, that i i love the, the the mirror image here we're like it's never quite articulated this way but you can imagine the version of picard who has lived this entire life in this timeline is looking back on his past going like oh i have so many regrets i would have handled things differently um which I think is another cool message about this episode. The idea, the idea is just not only regrets pointless, like they are, you know, it's, it's the grass is always greener. You know, if you went down one path, no matter what path you go on, you have to stop being the person who goes, goes like, but look, what about that path? Because no matter what path you go, you're not going to win. Yeah. No, it's true. I've, 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 I've certainly, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just a good darn episode. My goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my one of the gripes I've had with with a lot of television is like that it's predictable. But in this 
and, and I don't know, you kind of like have a sense of where it's going, but it's so enjoyable throughout. Just like mm-hmm. the strength and simplicity of the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a, yeah, it doesn't have a B story just to add to what you're saying. It's that yeah. it's the, there's one story that they're just yeah. being through to the end. Mm-hmm. The the only thing I would call like even close to like a B story is the the different ways in which he angers you know the people close to him basically like he you know he mm-hmm. um you know he, he pisses off his friend by like not having his back you know in the antagonist with the um with the Noskins and he sleeps with Marta because that's another regret he had um mm-hmm. um which is which is such a that's such a dude thing that's such a dude writer oh, thing just be like yeah oh, but now that you mentioned that that was another thing that you know that yeah. that whole bit like the aftermath of them sleeping together was kind mm-hmm. of an annoying scene for me in this other this, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Uh, great show because i'm yeah. like why are you so stupid with like relationship stuff like she's clearly scared i don't i don't know like all people want in a relationship is just for you to be honest like mm-hmm. that's what it boils down to. So mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. like, why can't they get this straight? And why? <laughs> but it's a yeah. running thing, I think, with Picard, even through to Picard the series, that he's just not good with relationships. Yeah, so. true. Yeah. Um. And and I feel like a lot of kind of because that's kind of towards the end, basically when things are like really falling apart. I almost feel like, you know, depending upon what you think the reality of this episode is, like whether it's actual time travel, whether it's just an illusion that Q is showing him, it's almost like Q is writing the script and just going like, mm, we got to land this thing. So like, okay, we're going to hurry up and everyone's just going to say exactly what's on their mind. And like, we don't really have time to like, oh, we got to, we got to go, you know, like, the, the, um, you know, the, the, this is not going to work unless basically everyone is not just pissed, but super pissed at him. Yeah. Um, so and his friends yeah. turned on him real fast. Real quickly, like, real quickly. Yeah. Real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That seems like a, a a trivial incident. Yeah, I mean, it to me really? at least for people who, yeah, I mean, just one incident where you're just like, no, don't fight these guys. I'm worried about you. But he and fought like his own grand... friend. Like he pushes it's, him into a bunch of he, barrels. He he did. Yeah. No, I, I I don't have a problem with that at all. I think the I only just, part of it. I just don't think it's a relationship ending thing, considering they set up that these guys were really close friends. I, I partially agree in that. I think it could be. I think what doesn't ring true to me, but I understand why, because they want to underline the point is when he just says, I don't know who yeah. you are, but you're not my friend, which is like yeah. not a thing that people say, but like I forgive yeah. it because just like, well, we got to we got to land the beat. We so gotta, I get it. You know? I don't know who you are, but you're from 30 years in the future, my friend, yeah. who's come back yeah. to, you know, evaluate his choices and make a different choice. What really need to what really needed to happen is the morning after Marta and Picard sleep together, there had to be a scene where they were, you know, just kind of, you know, quietly like drinking there. And she was just like, you make love like a 60 year old. It's weird. <laughs> no, he must be like 40 something in this episode. Yeah, he's not that. He's oh, not yeah, that's you. Yeah. You, you, you okay. stop to right. cough every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, why does your Sorry. back hurt all the time? <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was Q's whole thing. He's like, yeah, everything here is changed, is, is back to what it was when you were 21, except your body. You still have sciatica. <laughs> you, you stopped yeah. to put on, you, 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 made it, you made me stop so you could put on some hot and some icy hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not anywhere fun. And not anywhere also, fun. Yeah. 
I was also getting some Marty McFly vibes from this show because sure. he could, couldn't handle it when they were called coward. They literally couldn't handle mm-hmm, it. You remember mm-hmm. that Back to the Future? Mm-hmm. Did you just call me yellow? <laughs> oh. Hilarious. <laughs> I also have a question. So Nausicans, mm-hmm. that's their whole body or they have a mask they wear? Oh, that's a good question. I think that's their body. Okay. I was thinking that was their body, but... Because it looks looked in one of the scenes like it was like a skeletal mask that is over their faces, and I was wasn't sure if that was like. I mean, it probably because it is. Well, I mean, of course it's <laughs> yeah. a mask. <laughs> I think it's. I think that's the curse of HD, where it's people going like the makeup people going like, oh, you weren't actually supposed to see it this well. Oh, uh, no, no. Real quick though, I want to acknowledge the curse. Speaking of the curse of having the visual medium, Carrie, what are you painting? <laughs> oh, nothing. I just like to fidget, or I'm just fidgeting. <laughs> She's got a paintbrush in hand. I was like, what's going I on? I just here? fidget. I just fidget. I have like papers on my desk, like scribe got like scissors and paint. I'm just f- fidgeting. I can't wait for my portrait. I'm ready whenever you are ready to take it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope I, I hope it wasn't making any uh background noises. No, you're good. Just you're like... good. You fidget all you want. <laughs> I fidget but as yeah. well. I fidget yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also say, you're not my friend. I barely recognize you anymore <laughs> all the time. And I'm very offended that this yeah. has been called out mm-hmm. as a natural dialogue. Yeah, who are you? I've never <laughs> said that to a person. At most, I'd be like, you're having a bad day. You want to yeah. mm-hmm. take a break? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Words are just like so malleable. People's, people yeah. don't, I don't know. If somebody says something really hurtful, give it a day, you know? Yeah. 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 Usually they're like, yeah, I, I didn't, I'm sorry. I was, I didn't take my, my hot tea. I think I banked on that on more than one occasion. Yeah. 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 If if they were real friends. They know I didn't mean that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I I get why they did it and it made sense. It's also the thing of how many of your friends from when you were 20 or 21 years old, are you like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it could yeah. have been like a very uh, uh, um, a natal friendship, for lack of a better way yeah. to put it. You know, fair um, weather mm-hmm. friends, just yeah. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. you know, you know, you're not not you're not meant to We're be friends buddies. with everyone for your whole I mean, entire life. Mm-hmm. I, I plan I'm on becoming sh- enemies with Jay shortly after right. this podcast <laughs> is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I must join forever. No, um, yeah. I, I I feel like I often criticize TV shows for having like a natural dialogue, and I'm trying to see it here, but I don't see it. Like I. I get it. Okay. They're like all kind of like hot shot, um, mm. top of their class, but like really daring. Um, uh, people are about to be officers, and they're ready to fight their way up the ranks, and they have a lot of pride. And they're also like right on the cusp of like getting ship assignments, like the things that's going to define yeah. the next couple of years of their lives. So yeah. you know, I, I think you can even you, you can easily justify you know them being like not just hot you know hot blooded and also like kind of ready to kind of write things off i guess in a way of just like well that was my old life you know like yeah you know and like his, his friend is a little tom parisy he is, is a little tom parisy yeah uh, tom parisy mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to give mm-hmm. him a characteristic it's like why tom do you Paris-y. care so much why do you care so much about these guys cheating like what does that even matter like who cares i, I also really like how um how the i'm forgetting i'm forgetting her name but picard's uh the other friend um, Marta, yeah, Marta. Marta. There's Marta, Marta. and there's Penny. Penny. Yeah, yeah. Penny, Penny is, is the really is the bad too. date. Yeah, Penny is the bad date. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mar- I love how Marta also just jumps in and throws hands. Yeah, yeah. she she's fighting yeah. too for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Is Penny too. is Penny the date he went on where like he was not interested and she was just like, "What's your?" She like throws a glass on him or yes. something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yep, okay. that's Penny. Yeah. He, yeah, he calls her handsome and she's like, "That's what you call yeah. an old woman." I feel like that's the closest we get to the sixty-year-old to any. He was on a date. He was on a date with an older woman when he was. She's like, definitely 20. like twenty years older than mm-hmm. his character is supposed to be at the time, and yet right. younger than actual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he made well, two like, dates at the same time. Just a horny young kid. And yeah, one yeah. with an older woman because yeah. they're more experienced. I mean, yeah. yeah. A horny one, a horny kid who's been probably been told he can like literally conquer the stars that he has mm-hmm. infinite potential. He just yeah. saw the graduate. That's why he wanted to, you know, jump in there and do that. Uh, <laughs> she might not have been older. It might he have been the graduate the holodeck hair. experience. And in uh, the in the 90s, I noticed that so I remember the 90s. And something I recall from the 90s is that. They made people look older with the hair and the makeup all the time. Yeah. Like people oh, yeah. just consistently mm-hmm. looked older, even when you're watching like Saved by the Bell or teen shows where they're <laughs> teenagers. They're still like, or like Seinfeld. Like, did you know that that people on Seinfeld are like in this weird, you know, like generation um, hole because they're like 30, 20 something, 29, 30 when they started that show, but they're all dressing like, you know, middle-aged people. Wait, they're the dressing time. like moms and dads. And, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. White sneakers <laughs> and addressing, addressing, by the way, how some uh, Gen Z kids are now dressing today. Mm. It's just, you know, light jeans yeah. and white sneakers. And um, you can't see, I, can't I just can't off. keep a lot of, a lot of the fashions. You're off. like, you're like, you dress like my mom's couch. Yeah. Kids these days in their I'm fashions. Sh- I know. Have you I noticed? Know. Have you seen what these kids are wearing? Jay, do you have any? Explain yourself. Yeah, explain, explain, your, explain your generation. I'm I'm like, explain myself, okay, boomers. Wow. Wow. No, you may be Gen X in age, but you're a We're not even Gen X. We're We're not even Jay, how old do you think we are? (laughs) Old enough. (laughs) Freaking millennial. We are all how many wars do you think we remember? (laughs) How many presidents Uh, can you name in your lifetime? (laughs) Uh, We were all born in the 80s. Yes, yeah, we were born in the 80s. Is that a little defensive? <laughs> I'm deeply defensive and I will eight, physically fight you because you called 18, me a coward. The 1880s. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there the 1880s. Three, there are three of you to fight to fight me, so it's a perfect reenactment of mm-hmm. bar fight. Can we all hey, do the muscle here human? Carrie's going to take care of business while Michael yeah. and I watch. And it's yeah, going to yeah. be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to say about this episode, too, is just, like, I think this is maybe a, uh, this is my favorite John Delancey as Q performance. Uh, one, because this is pure, undistilled, you know, this is just Picard and Q together, basically. Q's not interacting with any other people. It's perfect. Um, but I think this is, this is my favorite Q mode where, like, he's, there are jokes in this episode. They're like little one-liners and stuff, but for the most part, like he's very like on topic and he's very um, helpful, I think is the wrong word, but also like, I don't, not necessarily cruel. There's a lot of tough love in this episode and there's a lot of like, you know, in this, oh, go ahead. Well, you, you said earlier that he doesn't, he's not a prankster and he's not a comedian um, and that he's like a weapon to get you to see something 
Mm -hmm. But among the things in his arsenal, comedy and pranks are definitely two of his yeah. favorite favorite. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, still here they're still present yeah like one little touch i really love is that there are multiple times where picard like calls out for q after a point has been made <laughs> but then q will just leave him hanging and it's only when mm -hmm. picard then like expects to see someone else that q will appear mm -hmm. and i think like the, my favorite one is when he goes down to like you know he realizes like oh crap i'm like a lieutenant junior grade stuck in a dead-end job and he goes like okay q you've made your point and then it's like, oh, I guess I have to go to Medbay and live in this life a little longer. And he mm -hmm. walks into Medbay and goes, Beverly, and then keeps it there. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's like mm -hmm. Q's edging him, you know? Sorry, I know this is yeah. Victorian. Oh, wow. Like show, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean but it is, a, that is what he's They doing. are, I mean, their Orgasm. whole relationship What's is... edging, Orgasm. Jay? Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> that was a callback. Hugh Picard is um, is a love story. It all it always has been, I think. And this is kind of one of the most straight up, you know, kind of renditions yeah. of that, I think. And and yeah, and I, I love that he is, you know, it's very much. Like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I don't care how many people I have to hurt in order to do it. That's kind of his mantra, I think, at sometimes. And like it's it's you know, because because he's omnipotent, so the little people don't really matter to him. And like the you know changing you know timelines and all that kind of stuff. It's like ah, it's just another day at the office, fine. But I got teach Picard a lesson like I'm, I I love the purity of that yeah I love that we are actually coming to the end of our our time Carrie's Carrie's giving me the wrap it up signal so we're uh we're gonna, we we're gotta gonna wrap it up we're gonna wrap it up final thoughts final thoughts or recommendations uh I'm gonna be in a fringe show at uh theater Ooh. exile Ooh, uh the nice. borrowed time in, uh, indie comedy showcase at nine o'clock this Thursday in three days. Thursday. Thursday. Is this with so your what? team? Six, six different pe people. Yeah, six different my people. First, my first, uh, my Thir first with the, the team. You mean you mean Thursday, September fifteenth, twenty twenty-two? Is yeah. that not what I said? We don't. You didn't say that. Sorry. I just want to say some people may be watching this a couple listening to this. Some people may be watching this a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. A little bit Maybe later. After like, September 15th. like what if somebody picks this up in like 2025 and they find mm, us? Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, when? Boy. They're like, oh, it's from when? before the war. This is no, before um... the war. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that's great. Uh, okay, well, so so check out Jay's um yeah. six different people. Uh uh improv team either this either thursday the 15th or if you can find them in another show um anybody else have anything to plug or or recommend well my i just want to say my final thought on this episode is that i liked how it ended where it was sort of ambiguous where you could be led to believe that it was q and it was time travel and it was real or it was a near-death experience or it was a dream that picard yeah. had while mm -hmm. he was in the in the surgery uh room so anyway I, I i usually i like definitive answers but i think this was good how they did it where it was like well maybe that was q maybe that was just you yeah. having a dream um <clears throat> and you know i don't have a recommendation but i will say that something on my mind I'm just gonna get something off my something on my I'm mind. Once again, review Thor: <laughs> Love and Thunder. <laughs> no, I I had never read Flowers in the Attic when oh. I was I've never read it, and I just picked it up and started reading it because it was like a free on Kindle, and I 
I am shook by this book. I cannot believe this book exists. I cannot believe it's so well written. I can't believe the themes in this book. If you have not read this book, I'm not telling, I'm not telling you to read it because I, it's a, it's an emotional, (laughs) it's an emotional uh, trip. But if you have read the book, then you know what I'm talking about. There are a couple of great TV movies made of this book as well. Mm-hmm. But was one good one and one really bad one, yeah. um, starring Heather Graham. Um, oh, Heather Graham! Yeah. Oh my! Well, I have you got uh, Jay and Michael. Have you read this book? No. I have not. The attic. Wow. And I and I'm like, this is a young adult novel. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, most, most young adults are dealing with themes of incest, right? That's why they wrote it as a book. Like, or... it's like incest, <laughs> oh. child abuse, yeah. um, like themes of like abuse carrying down through generations, uh-huh. um, sexual uh, awakenings when you're going through puberty and everything. And oh my God, it's mm-hmm. anyway, that's all I have to this... say. It was on my mind. How has this novel not been banned in Florida already? Oh, they're cool. So, they're so, cool. <laughs> so, sorry, that's going to be my response whenever anyone describes something that sounds and, like challenging. Also you know, like and, also like people who are hardcore religious and how right. that could be mm-hmm. damaging. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know if that's a recommendation, but just something that I just thought yeah. I'd bring up. It sounds like one. I'll, I'll accept yeah. it as a recommendation. Yeah. 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 Funny, I, re- I recently picked up Junie B. Jones and I really thought, oh, no, I'm kidding. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. um, I don't have a recommendation um, except for that you should go see Jay's improv team either this Thursday <laughs> or another time if you can. Oh, I do have a recommendation. If you want to check out and maybe some, if you're in the Philadelphia area and if you're at all interested in seeing musical theater improv, you might not be. But if you are, we have an official website that I made. Ooh. If you go to thankyouplaces.com, you can see my team's uh, website and we'll have shows that we're doing yep. and, and information and all that good stuff. So you check that we out. We should also plug Crossroads. Uh, yes. Crossroads Comedy, who there's the Philadelphia Fringe Festival. Uh, this week that Jay is in, but the Crossroads Comedy, who the, who produces this podcast, yeah, has been also producing a lot of shows. So go to that Crossroads Comedy. Yeah, you you can do 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 take classes with them. You can see shows. Um, they are also a notary, so if you need anything notarized, you can go also <laughs> go to Crossroads. It's a new benefit. Uh, they fax, they copy, and they... they and they make a mean espresso. They, they are espresso. all baristas. Everyone uh, on the team is a barista <laughs> as well. Michael Henley, do you have any uh, final thoughts, recommendations? Uh, I have no final thoughts. I have no recommendations unless you want to learn about my my trip just today to the container store, but uh, we can. <laughs> I bought lots of boxes, guys. Oh, oh. Uh, no, but seriously, they are, no, but seriously, they are cool containers. Behind you. I, yeah, well, boxes? I'm. Uh, no, actually, that's not them. Actually, Those that's were from uh, a previous you're trip. previous you're just trip. Yeah, Mike Henley's like house untidy. <laughs> <laughs> it is untidy though. That's the problem. I'm trying oh, to uh, neat, neat maximize my. It's 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 a work in progress, uh, and I'm just uh, you know so. My solution always is just like, let's just get some more boxes. Um, and sometimes it works out. So uh, yeah, <laughs> more boxes. Um, no, that's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Well, uh, on that note, then we, you, you join us again for the next 
episode when we'll be reviewing uh, Lower Decks season three, episode four, and some episode from Voyager that I will choose that I have yet to choose. I was going to choose a Q episode, but because we just did, I might also skip that. And okay. instead, we'll do two Vicks. I'm kidding. I won't make us do two. Uh, <gasps> oh, oh, man. Where, where fight, fight, fight. Like do the one where they turn into salamanders and the, that's uh, called and Paris um, have sex with threshold. threshold threshold yeah we're not doing that either oh. <laughs> um but we might do the kiss episode where she travels through her life back in time oh, we'll i love it i'll, 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 I'll love it yeah okay maybe we'll, let's one. do that we'll do that one okay, okay. we're that doing that episode great. Okay, I love it. I love the cast. Beautiful, episode. and we'll, we'll we'll have the name and the number uh, of that episode next <laughs> week when we go over it. Um, and I guess we should go out on um, on uh, a song. That song, of course, is "Battle Hymn of the Republic." Um, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. He is trampling.